darling heart and welcome to the Drink Less, Live Better podcast. This is the podcast that helps you to see that drinking less doesn't need to be stressful, lonely or boring. I'm your host, Sarah Williamson, and I decided to have a year alcohol-free as a little life experiment and haven't looked back. With my experience and training, I now help other people with their alcohol-free or drink-less adventures. You can find out more and sign up to my five-day Drink Less Challenge at drinklesslivebetter.com. I'm here to tell you that you can relax, connect and have fun without alcohol in your life. Join me here each week to find out how. If you would rather not hear about the death of a family pet or cancer, please turn off this podcast now. We have control of what we listen to and we get to choose where we don't want or need our energy to go in any given moment. It's okay if we choose not to listen to something that might not help us in a given moment. This podcast episode is called A Slightly Less Than Ideal Week. If I've said it once, I've said it, well, really quite a few times. My main observation is around recognising what is in my control, my thoughts, my feelings, my actions, and also what is not in my control. That's everything else. Well-meaning and loving friends and family have said, you must be devastated, what a nightmare, I don't know how you're coping, get a second opinion, and other various helpful or not so helpful phrases, all said with kindness, but I'm letting most of it wash over me. Each time someone says something like, what a nightmare, I respond with, well, it is slightly less than ideal. Some friends and I have laughed about this, and I know I've caused other people to pause. I know I cannot control how other people react, but I can give them a bit of a hint as to how I am responding to the situation and I can try to influence their reactions towards me a little bit. It is a sobriety gift, clear thinking. Baxter, our adored family dog, was put to sleep last Tuesday evening. The vet, who he loved, came to our house in the evening and the whole process was gentle and calm. Our boys are 15 and 14 and they chose to be in the kitchen with Mr W and I while it happened. We all sat on the floor crying, hugging and snugging that beautiful furry face while he slipped away. I've been really careful not to use the word devastated this week. Other people have used it around us and about us but I'm choosing words like deep sadness, a hollow gap in my chest, and a hurting heart. Baxter has seen us through some really tricky times. He was our anchor when one of my sons was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and our world looked a bit touch and go, and frightening beyond belief. And when another family member was diagnosed with multiple sclerosis just three months after that, it was his furry ears that mopped up a lot of the tears. I use the feelings wheel with my clients a lot, 
and it's been a useful tool for us too this week when we're trying to articulate our emotions. One thing that sadness has brought with it this week that surprised me is the very physical feeling. I am so used to feeling okay, fine and content, all of which I find reassuringly physically comfortable. I cannot remember feeling such physical, emotional discomfort for a long time. That was Tuesday last week. On Wednesday, I went to the hospital to collect some pathology results. I had a breast lump removed about three weeks ago and had expected to be told all was fine, nothing to worry about. To cut a long story short, I'll be having a mastectomy very soon. The surgeon asked me about my lack of reaction to the news. I said, I'm fine. I don't have a strong feeling. I need some more information. I'll make some decisions and then I'll be okay. I stopped very slightly short of giving him a teenage shrug and whatevs as a response. When we came out, Mr W said, how are you feeling? And I said, I am so sad about Baxter. I just don't have much of a feeling about the surgery and radiotherapy, other than I know I'll be okay. I thought about how Baxter wouldn't be at home to greet us, to cuddle, to help us with our news. In the afternoon, I told a friend I was okay, and she said, oh, yes, you must be numb. You must be in shock. Actually, I'm not numb, and I'm not in shock. I really am okay. I am feeling that feeling in my body and my mind, and I promise you, I am okay. I am okay because I'm here right now recording this podcast. I am okay, and I will be in the future. I've been thinking more and more about moment-to-moment living, and this is what moment-to-moment living looks like for me at the moment. In other news this week, I had a lovely tea and walk and catch up with a friend. I've been working on a creative project that will be coming to fruition soon. I've got through to the second round of auditions for a TED talk. I've been offered a place to speak on a stage at a wellbeing festival in July. On the back of a published article I contributed to, I've been invited to be a group expert on a new wellbeing platform. I signed a contract with a new client yesterday. I had another Tiny Buddha article published on Friday. As a family, we've recognised how lucky we were to have Baxter for 16 and a half years and what an amazing doggy life he lived. My friends and family love us all so much. We've been shown affection in so many different ways this week. So some things are less than ideal, but on balance, Lots of good and great things are happening. I'll be okay. You'll be okay. We'll all be okay. Check out the show notes on this or any other podcast episode. You'll see the link to a hidden episode to help you with your 5pm cravings and you'll be able to read about my one-to-one coaching programme. Thank you for listening in today. Come back again next week and P.S. I believe in you. Thank you.